0: Welcome to another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. I'm Bruce Wozniak, and wherever you have found the show, thanks for listening. This podcast is widely available, so know that there are lots of options out there to listen and subscribe. The show website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Do be sure that you have also signed up there for the weekly e-newsletter about the podcast. There have been some exclusives in the newsletter that either haven't been made public anywhere else or were at least first seen in the newsletter, so be sure you're signed up for that. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Virginia, my guest is an actress, singer, producer, and advocate who even has her own podcast, Late last month, she released a holiday song, just two months after having put out a new album. She is extremely active with different humanitarian projects, as we will hear about today, including an initiative for the holidays. The music video for the song that you're currently hearing has amassed more than 59,000 views on YouTube. Her new album is called Hindsight, and this song that's currently playing is titled King of Hearts. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Jen Lilly.
1: Thank you so much for having me on.
0: My pleasure, my pleasure. I hope everybody is comfortable because I feel like we're in for a nice hearty discussion here. Lots to talk about, Jen, but let's start off first by having you tell the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called King of Hearts.
1: King of Hearts is a fun song. Um, You know, it's, it's a play on a deck of cards. It's about a guy who kind of plays the field and gets found out. Um, but it was extremely special to me because the proceeds from that song went to giving a little boy named John life-saving heart surgery in Uganda through an incredible charity I love called mm. Project Orphans. And so um, I am friends with Brittany Ray Stokes, the founder of Project Orphans. And I said, hey, send me your list of, you know, wants from you want a new building all the way down to paper clips, you know, whatever you need just send me your list of what you need and I'm going to pick something and, you know, donate the money toward that. And when I saw that there was a little boy named John who needed heart, life-saving heart surgery, he wasn't going to make it. I thought, of course you have to go for that one as a given, you know, but also I thought it was really um, just intentional and, and very interesting that he needed heart surgery. So we called him our King of Hearts. So that, um, that song is very special to me.
0: Wow. Wow, I love it. What a great way to start off. And I must say that listening to that, I feel a personal connection to that. I was just telling Jen before we pressed record that I'm feeling cold today. And the reason, and she doesn't know this, but the reason is because I'm on blood thinners because I myself have had two open heart surgeries. wow! Oh, yeah. So when I hear about a story like that, it really speaks to me. So really nice effort. And like I said, a great way to start off the show. And listeners, you heard me say in the intro that Jen has a podcast of her own too, And you know who else does? Peter Link. That's right, a man who has had what you might call a most varied career as a composer and record producer and a podcast that was published only a month ago and already has been downloaded in 38 countries around the world. Peter Link nominated twice for a Tony Award on Broadway and with a million-selling record to his credit, winner of the New York Theatre Critics Drama Desk Award, Peter Link has seen great success in film scoring, Broadway musicals, pop music, gospel, television, and he's even written ballets for the Joffrey Ballet. Now he is presenting his life work in a series of podcasts called Scattershot Symphony, the music of Peter Link. Though each episode is 90% music, he manages to entertain us with fascinating stories and anecdotes related to his music over the years. Each episode looks at a different movement in the symphony of his life's work, So if you love music, and who doesn't, you'll love getting an insider's listen to the work, the music, the stories around a life in music. That's Scattershot Symphony, the music of Peter Link. Look for it wherever you get podcasts. Meanwhile, Jen, I know it's from two years ago, but because I mentioned it in the intro, I'd love for you to talk about the video for King of Hearts because it looks like you probably had a lot of fun making that styles and sets from the 1960s. Tell us about how that video project came together.
1: Oh, yeah, that video project, um, it is very, you know, 60s, 70s inspired and um that came about actually a woman named brianna lane who just was on general hospital which is fun because i was on general hospital for about a year she's a girlfriend of mine who was in the first movie i ever did in los angeles called uh the backup Ride and her husband um edited her music video she's also a singer and i was like hey your music video is awesome who who made it and she was like oh my husband did so that one was like a small world story and Um, they were amazing and gave me a really great discount for it since all the proceeds from the single went to charity. Um, And it was just so fun to work together. Uh, The woman who choreographed the dancers and organized all of that, she goes to my church, uh, C3 Los Angeles. And so it was just kind of an amazing collaborative um, video. And then we had a lot of fun styling at 60s and it, it kind of went through the decades, drawing parallels between the 60s and now and, Um, you know, just how relationships and love and uh, life repeats itself. You know, there's nothing new under the sun is what a book called Ecclesiastes says. And I just, so it explores kind of parallels between that time period and now and how um, love hasn't changed much, relationships haven't changed much, but how you can kind of evolve and move through them and grow as a person and you can take every opportunity you know, and, and it is an old adage and it's cheesy, but I'm a cheesy person. So you you really can take lemons and make lemonade. And I you know, I think that's kind of what my entire life is just trying to take a bad situation and make it better and that song really um highlights that
0: well and I think it's fun that, you know, you're able to put out a song that has a message to it but has a video that looks like you had a good time making it and i can tell you that when i watched it it made me think of the austin powers movies and so it's great to be able to draw the viewer in like that and you're hooked on the song you have the visuals to go with it and it really makes for a great experience of of entertainment for four minutes or however long it is
1: thank you so much
0: Well, anyhow, congratulations on the new album. Share with the audience all about that release, the number of songs, who you worked with on it, where it was recorded, and for that matter, even why it's called Hindsight.
1: Sure. Um, So it's an album that has 10 songs on it, and uh, I started actually working on it in early 2016. I met Adrian Garvitz, who was my record producer on it, and Adrian's amazing. I mean, he's won a lot of Grammys, and the year I started working with him, he was up for a Grammy for Andra Day, had just come on the scene with Rise Up. Our Cheers to the Fall was what her album was called, and she was nominated for Best New Artist and Best Album. And um, I met Adrian through a series of, you know, coincidental events. Uh, I met a, the mayor, former mayor of Malibu. I met her at a charity function for an amazing organization called Child Help which I'm a big fan of child help for anyone who hasn't heard about it is the largest and, um, longest running nonprofit against child abuse and neglect here in the United States. And they're so incredible. They give over 92 cents of every dollar goes directly toward the program cause. And the founders were, went on a USO tour and, and then they came across, they were these famous actresses and they came across these orphans and I believe it was Viet, no, Japan. And, um, anyway i'm just a huge fan of their organization and so i was at one of their yearly fundraisers i met the mayor of malibu afterward Hmm. uh you know not wanting to talk to anybody and i was just talking to her about like random interests like i like flipping houses and i like home decor my husband's like and she's a great singer and i was like no (laughs) (laughs) i had just done a christmas album for fun and anyway she was like you have to meet my friend adrian garvitz and so I really called Adrian just to oblige Pam I mean because mm. I gave this woman my word that I would like reach out to Adrian I had no intention of making an album and wow. we met and it was just really kismet and I um, you know for anyone who follows my me social media or who's heard me do interviews um, I mean I really love people and I'm a Christian which is why I love people and um, I when I met Adrian, it was like one of the clearest times in my life that I really felt like the Holy Spirit had told me, you need to do this album, and I didn't know why, and I always knew that if I went into music seriously, I would want 100% of my profits to go to charity, and um, I got hooked up with Adrian, and it was it was a a really interesting experience. I mean, he's an incredible writer, and like I said, he's been nominated for a lot of things, and he got together the best band ever. I mean... I, he, he assembled the best writing team um, we had Diane Warren wrote one of the songs and of course Adrian Gervitz and wow. um, uh, Christy Edwards and uh, just, just we just Lauren Christy um, and we've had incredible writers we had Adele's band we had Rosie Danvers um, Orchestra Strings who does the strings for Adele and mm. um, you know Kanye and all these incredible people I mean it was a world class album and it took us two years to write and record
2: wow.
1: um because i was on Ways of our lives at the time and we just really took our time with it and and the whole album is meant to be listened to you know track one through track 10 it tells a story of love and loss and relationships and kind of moving through them and so it's got a timeless feel to it but then it harkens back to kind of 60s motown feel kind of jazzy music um So it's got like a timeless element to it, but it's got this kind of nostalgic feel where you feel like maybe you've heard it before, except it's all new music. And it was such an incredible experience to work on, but I I was going to release it under the name of Lily, and then I held on to it for two years. I didn't release it because I just wanted to really zero in on what my goal was for the album. Mm -hmm. And again, I wanted 100% of my profits to always go toward helping children in foster care, which is something... You know, I know we'll talk about, but it's very close to my heart as a foster and adoptive parent and um, as a national child advocate. And my goal, and yes, it's lofty, but I think it can be done, um, is to build an entire village or a neighborhood model where every home is a safe, loving and stable foster home, Mm. um, where the parents um, who live in the neighborhood are committed to fostering the child well and loving them as if they're their own also coming alongside the birth family because foster care is a cycle Um, it's a a horrible cycle of abuse and while it's hard to wrap your head around child abuse oftentimes I mean you know I'd say 99 percent of these cases if you look at the birth parent they also came from foster care and so they've also come from abuse and neglect and so it's a holistic picture and if you can really get foster parents who have love in their heart and while you do want to protect the child, and that's your first and primary goal as a foster parent, if you're a good foster parent in it for the right reasons, you know, you also need to be holistically committed to family reunification and restoring that family unit. Um, And so the idea is to build a neighborhood where every family and household is like mine, because if you've heard anything about foster care, you know, you've heard the horrors of it. It's a broken system. And a lot of foster parents, I'd say probably 40 to 60, 60% or maybe half, you know, are the bad foster parents that, you know, they say the adage like are in it for the money, which is crazy because I didn't think there, there was money in foster care, but there is, if you wreck the system, Mm. just like there's money in any government system, if you know how to work it, you know, you can abuse it. And unfortunately there's a lot of horrible people that get involved with foster parenting, um, for all their own reasons. Mm. And so my goal is to really solve foster care and, um, I recognize that you're never going to be able to solve any problem wholly. You can't, you know, but there is like the starfish, uh, you know, the starfish story of like a little boy who's throwing all these starfish back in the ocean. And this some man comes up to him and says, what are you doing? You're never going to save all of these starfish. And he goes, I can't, I don't, can't save all of them, but I can save this one, you know? And so I want to build a neighborhood model so that the idea is every parent who lives in it has a, support system and a community around them. You know, let's imagine it as like a post-COVID or pre-COVID neighborhood (laughs) where you can have block parties, you know, and you have um, support because foster care is emotional. And if you're in it for the right reasons, it is extremely emotional, you know, and you want what's best for these kids, but you have to go through a really broken system and, you know, you deal with their parents who are also broken and 50% of foster parents burn out after year one because Mm. they don't have a community and they don't feel seen and they don't feel heard. And then the kids are behind in school, and they don't want to live in a neighborhood where they have to explain, you know, why do you live with the Smiths when your skin is brown and their skin is white? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it's like there would be a lot of barriers broken down for the children as well, not having to explain themselves to the neighbor kids. Um And also there would be therapy in the neighborhood. Um, There would be generational living. So uh older, you know, grandparents, or we would call them like pseudo-grandparents, you know, who maybe have been outcast from their families or abandoned by their own Mm. children could live in the neighborhood subsidized so that they feel value and purpose in life, you know, where they could live there subsidized as long as they volunteered, like, I don't know, six hours a month, Um, you know, to teach the kids how to cook or knit or, you know, math tutor them or, you know, play Mm -hmm. games with Mm -hmm. the kids, whatever it is, gardening therapy. So everybody, it's kind of like a community that's all in together and that's where I want my money to go. And so I, spent two years just holding on to the album from 2018 till this year, 2020, and I retitled it Hindsight because I learned a lot about the music industry. Um, You know, we all have views or horror stories we've heard about Hollywood and the way it works, (laughs) and a lot of them are true, unfortunately. Um, And I find that the music industry is much more insidious than the acting world, even. And Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to go with a label, which would have been amazing um, on the surface, you know. But for me, I had to really put into perspective where am I in life? And the truth is, I have a four year old, a two year old, and a one year old, and a marriage that I've been married 13 years and I want to stay married. And when you sign yourself away to a music label, uh, while that's the life some people want, you know, you could get a call. I could get a call Christmas Eve and they could say, hey, you're flying to London tomorrow morning. And you could say, well, tomorrow morning's Christmas. And they'd be like, yeah, well, we own you. And you, they do. And so I just kind of was like, I don't want to do that. And so I was, just, I was like, all I want to do is, is like have my music be music that gives, you know, be the Tom Shoes of Music. And so for me, I retitled it Hindsight because it was like, this is not where I thought that this album was going. Mm-hmm. I thought always I was going to get it on the radio and do the whole label thing. Um, and then I really had to shift my perspective once I learned more and more about how the music industry actually works and was like, that's not what I want. What I want to do at the end of the day is provide amazing quality, uplifting music that actually gives back to the community. And, um, you know, the rollout has looked differently, of course, than I imagined, but at the same sure. time, I know I was called to do it. I don't have any regrets about the way it went down. I learned so much. Like in hindsight, I learned so much <laughs> about my life, how things work how I want to build charity opportunities for the future. And um, this year I rolled out the album in two ways. I did a competition called Voices That Gives in May and June, which was a global talent competition where anyone across the globe could enter any talent, hidden talent or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of the, uh, and that raised money for uh, the village as well. You know, Mm. $50,000 we raised out of that. And so it was like, if a person got a hundred votes and they got my album and if someone voted for them and they voted, I think like you could buy votes since it was like $10, but they received my album. So Uh, I sold albums that way. Wow. And then I sold albums through a, you know, a Christmas fundraiser I just did. So, Anyway, that's like the long of it. But it was an amazing (laughs) process, but it was a long process, and I'm really glad that it's finally out
0: there. Well, it's a great story, and I'm glad that you shared all that, particularly for those who listen to the show, to learn from me and my guests every week because you are an aspiring entertainer yourself, number one. You just heard some good insight from Jen about don't get stars in your eyes and think that if you get signed to a label, that's going to solve everything and be the be-all, end-all. But, Jen, what I also like that you said at the beginning of that story was that you were talking about the fact that you held onto it for two years because you said, I wanted to know what my goal was with this album. And that's very rare to hear, unfortunately, because I think everyone's goal is, I need to put new music out. And so they just record it for the sake of putting new music out. So I love that you brought that fresh perspective to it and said... I wanted to know before I was ready to release this, what is my goal for this album? Because the goal isn't, and granted, you know, you wanted to donate 100% of the profits to charity, but like I say, for most people, it's, well, my goal is I need to put new music out and I need to make money. And so thank you for bringing such a fresh perspective to that. Oh, thank you. So I just want to clarify one thing before we move on. We played King of Hearts at the beginning and we talked about the video for it. This album lists King of Hearts with, in parentheses, featuring Sophia Pizzolo and Jennifer Lily Wayne. So is this different from the version that came <laughs> no, out two years ago?
1: That No, not at all. That's so funny because um, that was just when I went indie and I decided to not go with the label. I had previously released King of Hearts back in 2018, and then I took it down because I was working on getting all of my copyrights and things like that mm-hmm. back behind the scenes because I was like, well, I'm not letting somebody release this album. I'm releasing it the way I want to release it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be for charity, whether you like it or not. I'll just sit on it until I get my copyrights back. So when I re-released it, I released it through TuneCore, um, which was like an independent release, and for some reason they released it like that. So Sia Pazulo was one of the writers on King of Hearts, um and then jennifer lily wayne is my legal name like my wayne is my married last name so it just got released under the wrong
2: <laughs> under the wrong name
1: and i was like i've called TuneCore about it a bunch and they're just like well that's how it was originally released and i was like no it wasn't but they were like well you can't take it down now because it's this and this and that and i'm just like at this point i don't care you know it's like in hindsight i don't care here's my music i love it i hope people enjoy it and you know fine but yeah it's just by me jenn lily
0: Okay, okay. Well, this is interesting to me. Here you are talking all about your new album, and at the end of today's show, we're going to talk about a single you just released last month for the holidays. Yet, you have had tremendous, tremendous success in your career as an actress, but I read that you had wanted to become a singer since childhood.
1: Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I, I grew up in church singing, and I wanted to sing, but I'm pretty stage fright. Um, like the idea of doing a concert to me is, Exciting because I love people and I love the message that you could bring during a concert, but at the same time, absolutely terrifying. Um, <laughs> which is another reason I was like, I don't really want to go with a label because then you'd be on tour all the time. I wouldn't be able to act. But yeah, I wanted to be a singer when I was little. I love singing so much.
0: Well, and now fast forward to present day, and listeners, when you go and look for Jen's music, you're going to see there's a number of choices. Say on iTunes, for example. And so we were talking about the newest release, but Jen, all of your music, you want 100% of your music profits to go to charity.
1: That's right. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a rare thing as we know, and and that's beautiful. And I know people will say, well, that's because she is an actress, but still, I think it's very easy for people to say, well, I'm going to do both and, you know, I'll have some charitable activity that I do, but for you to devote 100% of your music profits to charity, I think says a lot about who you are and, and that that. That it's more different from your acting than just saying they are two different arts.
1: Yeah, Thanks. I, thank you.
0: Well, one of the things that I love about what you're doing is that you are wearing so many hats and being successful in doing so. To the listeners of this show who are up-and-coming performers, I have preached over and over that it's in a new economy that we're living in, meaning no one is doing just one thing, mm-hmm. even me. I have music clients. I have author clients. I have this podcast. I'm a national speaker. And, Jen, you're showing that, yes, if you put your mind to it and work hard, you can have a, a successful career in more than just one of the arts. You don't have to limit yourself to just one venture. Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. I And I think that you, you know... Did, I don't know like nailed it because hard work in any profession no matter what you choose um will get I think hard work kindness and gratitude will get you wherever you want to go um I will be the first to admit I do not think I'm the smartest person but I went to University of Virginia for example so people assume that I'm smart and I'm like it's not that I'm not smart it's that I will outwork you <laughs> I will outwork the <laughs> smartest person and so I think that, um, and then I'll be kind on my way up, right? And and try to do mm. things with perspective. But I think no matter what you want to do, you have to work hard, be kind, and be gracious. But also, I think, to what you also said, um, you know, again, because I'm a Christian, God is the most, God, by definition, is a creator, right? So He is the most creative being in the entire existence of everything. And so God did not put us in, uh, you know, we're not, square pegs that need to go in round holes. You know, people are not just a lawyer. A lawyer is also very much a storyteller. A successful lawyer is is good at weaving a narrative that can convince a jury, you know, one way or the other. They are also a performer. I think Mm. every single person is artistic and every single person is creative. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous for humans to put us in finite boxes because we are infinite beings and we are created by an infinite creator and you know just because you're a singer doesn't also mean that you can not be a painter and a potter and a gardener and there are so many artistic um, spans that that people can explore you don't need to just commit to one thing I think you should just do all of the things that you commit to with excellence but never ever limit yourself because God doesn't limit you
0: Well, understand that I'm not asking you to name names, but I am curious, have you ever had anyone, be it in the entertainment business or just friends, relatives, whoever tried to discourage you and say, Jen, at some point you need to just stick to one thing and be good at that. Don't, don't do singing and acting and et cetera, et cetera. Or, or have you been blessed to just be surrounded by supportive people that are encouraging you with all these different things that you do?
1: Um, I mean, I think the answer is kind of both. You will always have somebody that's trying to brand you uh, into being one thing. And I think that there is a lot of value in branding yourself as one thing until you get success. So I knew that, you know, I still haven't gotten to every place that I want to get to in my career. I want to have a home line at some point. You know, I want to design and do different things. But at the same time, you can't build a pyramid all at the same time. So my foundation is acting. My next level up would be, you know, the next thing I did was became a child advocate. After that, I became a singer. After that, I'll become this. You know, now I'm hosting these um, online charitable fundraisers that are super fun, um, you know, like Voices to Give or Operation Christmas is not canceled, which I know will talk about at some point. But, you know, I mean, you have to you have to do things with intention. You can't just throw noodles at the wall and see what sticks. You have sure. to... Make, a, I think that you should make. I made an eight year plan when I moved to LA, and I specifically made an eight year plan because I love science and I love uh statistics and information. And so I calculated, <laughs> I literally did like a scientific study on IMDb, and I said, okay, so every actress that's an up and comer or is suddenly on Leno or you know, I guess Leno's not even a thing anymore, um, you know, uh, <laughs> Kimmel, you know, or something like that they're not, they're not an overnight success when they're like, Oh, this new actress, Jennifer Lawrence. It's like, right. But if you look at her IMDB girlfriend has been working <laughs> for eight <laughs> years on average before like she ever came on your show, like nobody is an overnight success, yeah, yeah. nobody. And so I made an eight year goal timeline when I first moved out to Los Angeles and mm. said, okay, if in eight years, I'm still going in circles and I'm not getting farther than a co-star, which is like anywhere from a reaction to like a couple lines then I need to move back to Virginia where I'm from and, like, you know, go into teaching or do something else that, like, fulfills me because I love people and I love children. Um, so you have to really be intentional about your goals, and and, and and you do have to brand yourself and put yourself in a box to begin with, but you have to know where you're going um, and to have perspective. You know, uh, what about, without, without vision, people perish, right? You have to know where you're going. And create a brand, but you can always expand your brand once you've nailed something down and gotten, um, you know, good at it. And again, like for me, it's like building like a pyramid.
0: Yeah, the idea of we'll just make it up as we go along. That's good for an Indiana Jones movie, but it's not good for real life. And right for the people that do, you know, my best friend, he he moved out to L. A. and and he was getting background work, and the most work that he was getting was you know five or less, and decided that okay. You know, five lines or less or background work just isn't going to cut it. But he had a backup plan. And so, You know, I think the other side of that is the people that move to these major entertainment markets like Nashville, New York, LA, sometimes give themselves too little bit of time and they say, well, I've been here for six months and nothing has broken. Well, nothing's going to break in six months because, as you just said, there's no such thing as an overnight success. So, you know, give yourself a chance, but at the same time, be realistic, have a backup plan. And it goes back to what we were talking about before about this is a new economy. So don't put all your eggs just in that one basket. You got to be doing other things to pay the bills and, to keep yourself diverse anyways. So it's all good stuff. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Virginia by actress, singer, producer, and advocate Jen Lilly. Visit her official website at jenlillymusic.com. I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. She is very present on social media. On her website, you'll find links to Jen Lilly on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and more. Her new album is called Hindsight and is available on all kinds of digital platforms Apple Music, iTunes, Pandora, Deezer, and yes, Spotify too, where you can follow her. But as I always say, the better way to support guests on this show, like Jen, is to purchase downloads of the music. Her album is even available from her website, where you can also buy merchandise. Now Jen, before we transition here into a lot of the charitable works that you do, I just want to go back to what we were talking about before I gave out all those links, meaning the encouragement for people to believe they can do what they set their mind to, even if it's multiple endeavors. What I'm getting at here is that on your IMDb page, one of your personal quotes that I really loved applies to that exact mindset, which is you say that quote, the glass is completely full.
1: Yeah. Um, so fun. I <laughs> Nobody's asked me that in a long time. Yeah, so that that I studied science in college, actually, and You know, the truth is, if you look at a glass and, you know, the optimist would say, the old adage is the optimist would say, oh, it's half full. And the pessimist will say, no, it's half empty. Right. But the truth is, it's actually completely full because you have half liquid, half air and air still holds volume. So (laughs) I think that you always need to look at something and say, the reality is it's completely full. Life is what you make it. And um, you need to have perspective always and, and you can always make the world a better place. You can, no small act of kindness is too small or insignificant. You know, everything has a ripple effect. So just keep going.
0: Mm, beautiful. Beautiful. Well, back in the intro, I made reference to an initiative for the holidays. Tell the audience about Operation Christmas is not canceled.
1: So Operation Christmas is not canceled was such a fun um, endeavor. I, I started back in October. Uh, I was planning it in September though, but so it's a year where we know everything has been canceled, right? That's like the man, you know, the <laughs> mantra of 2020, like this has been canceled and this has been canceled and cancel culture. And like everything has been freaking canceled in 2020. And so my business partner Alejandra and I were like, you know what? This has been a horrible year for everyone, whether that means just emotionally or spiritually or physically or financially every single person I think on the globe has been impacted by this year in some way shape or form in a way that's not been pleasant um, and so while I normally am focused on foster care charities and charities that really focus on child abuse um, I thought that this year it was going to be extremely relative uh, relevant excuse me to um, to give back to just everyone you know and and so I was like I want to give I want to do a fundraiser for Toys for Tots anyone who's not familiar with Toys for Tots it's run by the U.S. Marines and um, anyone in need mom dad you know grandma whoever is the caretaker can register to get free quality toys for their children and so I was like that's really important to me because as a parent I can't imagine um not having a gift for my child and I think there's there's value and there's lesson and there's perspective and like glass is completely full on saying so, so, hey so. we're gonna do a DIY Christmas and there's nothing wrong with like making ornaments and all of that I've done that in life when I've been poor and first started out as an actress you know but at the same time if you have a four-year-old you know that they're going to be like, that's nice, but where is my Tonka truck? You know, like they don't get it. There's only so much perspective you can give (laughs) a child. And then as a parent, you know, it'd be devastating to be like, I don't want to explain to you what's going on this year. I don't want to like instill fear and all of that in my child. I don't want them to feel like I can't provide for them. Like it causes a lot of anxiety in children and they pick up what you feel. So I started a contest, or excuse me, it was called a Sweet Steaks. This one was a Sweet Steaks, not a contest. Legally, they were completely different. And it's (laughs) called Operation Christmas is Not Cancelled, and it's on a mission to save Christmas despite 2020. And so how it worked was, we just wrapped up on it, and it was incredible. How it worked was um, anyone could enter for free, but the goal was, hey, you purchase Ten, you know, you purchase my album for ten dollars. My album is normally eleven ninety nine. So for ten dollars, you get my album, you get ten entries to win um, the ultimate Christmas, which was like a, an amazing tree from Balsam Hill. Um, you know, ornaments, the tree topper, the tree skirt, fifteen hundred dollars cash, uh, dinner delivered straight to your door, stockings. You know, wow. you name it, the wow. gingerbread kit, all of it is going to, you can win all of that by giving a $10 donation. And then it also buys a gift for a child in need. And of course, there were different entry packages, right? So there was, um, you know, for $25, you got 25 entries, et cetera. You gave two gifts to two children. Mm. And so in the end, we ended up raising. Um, and then there were weekly winners. So every week it would be like this person won the Balsam Hill Tree. So each week somebody could win a piece of the grand prize. It okay. awesome. So we had 18 weekly winners. We had um, 869 instant winners. We had like a spin-the-wheel instant win game. Um, we had one grand prize winner, and then we raised 9000 566 toys through the website itself, which oh. is ChristmasIsNotCancelled.com, and then our amazing toy partners, Green Toys and um, Sunny Days Entertainment, also donated, um, like, 300 toys each to get us to 380 toys total, which was incredible, um, and so those all went to Toys for Tots, and 10% of all the entry packages went to USO, so... We raised $17,000 for the USO. So it was just like an incredibly uplifting experience where everyone felt like they won. Everyone felt like they were giving back, but they were also doing something really fun. You know, everyone got my album through it, which is like another creative way I was rolling out my album, right? Like, how do you make it an album that gives This year, yeah, like this album is giving back to Toys for Tots. This album is giving back to the USO because I love and support our troops. And then also my movie for Hallmark this year was called USS Christmas, And it was a military-based movie, so I was like, you know, that's a natural tie-in, and I also care so deeply about our troops. So it was just kind of a fun way. It's like I I am not good at a lot of things. I'm terrible at sports. I often mix up my words, as you've already heard on this podcast, you know. Like, I'm not necessarily the smartest or the, you know, girl ever, but I'm a hard worker, and I am good at marketing and and making fundraisers fun. So it was just a really incredible opportunity to spread a lot of cheer and – We just had such like incredible feedback from all of our participants. You know, it just really felt like, yes, everyone wanted the prize, but no one was really registering because they thought they were going to get the prize. You know, it was like, they all just wanted to help and it was like a cheap way to give back and have so much fun. And, We had, like, one of our Balsam Hill wreath winners week one. We gave away 10 Balsam Hill wreaths, and Balsam Hill was incredible to come in as a partner. They're an amazing – like, I'm already obsessed with their products, but (laughs) now that I've met the company and I understand kind of really how they work behind the scenes, they're such an incredible, amazing, um, loving company that I'm just like, I want to create a lifelong partnership with them. But Mm. week one, we gave away 10 wreaths, and one of our wreath winners was like, hey, I actually – love this but i i don't want to you know accept this wreath i already have a wreath that i really like can i just donate it
2: Mm. and
1: i said hey i can't donate it for you but i do want to tell you about a contestant who said that if she won the grand prize all she actually wanted was a wreath like so do you guys want me to like communicate do you want me to give each other like you know each other's emails? Do you want to donate it to her and if you do i'm happy to give You know the address for you I'll just explain to Balsam Hill that you want to donate it to this woman and does that work for you and so it's just like really cool to see kind of community um, created out of the whole thing too just like how many people paying it forward and so I think it really gave a lot of people hope and and really gave people that perpetual you know holiday cheer and spirit when everything else has been canceled so it was really successful and I'm already I've already decided that it's gonna we're gonna do it again in twenty twenty one, you know, and it's gonna be a yearly thing that I do and I don't know Fantastic. what charities we'll always tie it in with, but it's just been awesome.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, what a what a great story and and what a great initiative and I'm sorry to say it, but for those of you who do listen to the show every week because you are trying to learn from me and my guests as you're coming up through the industry, what a great marketing project in terms of getting your music out there in a non traditional fashion. Thanks. And I wanna come to Jen's defense. Jen and I are just meeting each other for the first time, but you know, she's laughing and, and you know having fun at her own expense. But there's another quote from Jen where she said, I'm not naive, I choose to wear rose-colored glasses because I believe in hope and being a world changer. And there you are doing that exactly through what you just described, saying, This is a way to get my music out there, but I'm not gonna profit from this music. It's all gonna go to charity and everyone's having a good time with it. Like you say, everyone's benefiting from that Operation Christmas is not canceled. So uh, another great case study and and hats off to you. I do wanna make sure I give you a chance to talk about your podcast. Tell the audience all about that show as well as your connection to foster care and adoption. Oh,
1: thank you so much. Um, Yeah, so also in 2020, um, I had decided to start a podcast called fostering hope with jen Lilly, and it's a podcast all about foster care and you know it has two purposes one is to you know really demystify and uh, break down myths and misconceptions that people have about foster care you know um, and really educate people and inspire them to get involved because not everybody can be a foster parent but everybody can do something and i think that you know when my husband and i first came foster parents my husband jason like most marriages or or most people that are fostering you know there's kind of always one you know gas pedal and there's always one brake pedal and my husband is the brake pedal as you can tell like i'm very much an initiator but i need him or i would wreck my life i would wreck my car you know all the time like i really need him and so when we started fostering back in 2016 you know my husband like 51 percent of surveyed americans thought that children in foster care um, were in foster care because they were associated with a juvenile delinquent center. You know, like mm-hmm. maybe they were bad kids, and, and that's not the case. These sort children of enter care in a very broken system through no fault of their own, but because they've sustained truly unimaginable abuse and neglect because no child is being removed in the United States willy-nilly. Like you are not just removing a child unless the situation is very bleak because there are not enough foster homes. And there are not enough places to put these children, which is why, you know, five to eight children die every day in the United States due to child abuse and neglect, because Mm. there's just not enough homes to put them in. And so, you know, how do we change that? How do we save these children's lives? How do we really break the cycle of abuse? And the other thing I deeply care about, a lot of issues, the root of all of the, you know, the crossroads of it all is, is foster care. So, Anywhere from 60 to 98 percent, and that statistic is wild all over the place. But that's because of state uh, state by state statistical data will vary, right? So, 98 percent of the human trafficking victims in North Dakota maybe from foster care, whereas like 60% of the human trafficking victims from maybe California that's more populated, you know, uh-huh. came from foster care. Okay. So 60 to 98% of our, our human trafficking victims here in the United States came from foster care. 50% of our homeless came from foster care. 72% of our incarcerated came from foster care. And so what does that look like how do you change society as a whole and, and how you really do that if you have to break the cycle of abuse how do you break the cycle of abuse you have to love that child well as a child because if the child is broken you know and they go they, they age out and they turn into an adult of course they're going to commit crime or not have empathy for other people or not have value for themselves and get sold into sex trafficking because they think that they go into that as a victim thinking you know this is empowering or whatever you know they just want to be taken care of so if you can really rehabilitate them as a child and love their birth really well you actually can statistically and as a society um, really you know make leaps and bounds and change the world and so my um, podcast is to really educate people about what foster care really is and inspire them to get involved so if they can't be a foster parent For example, there's like an amazing organization called Together We Rise, and they provide free quality photographers, volunteer their time, and they do adoption day photos or Uh. Christmas photos because children in foster care don't have photo albums, right? So a lot of youth who age out of foster care, maybe 18 or 21, they don't have photos of themselves as a child. They don't have any remembrance mm. of their, you know, anything. They have no identity. Like, they have nothing to, to – they don't have the family. They don't have anything. Wow. So one of the acts of kindness that somebody may say, well, that, that's not going to change anything – Actually, it does. It does. Like, no small act of kindness is too insignificant, and and you don't even know what a school picture or a quality, you know, photo will do for one of these children. So it's a way to inspire people to get involved and not um, undervalue their worth. You know, even having me on your podcast and talking about it, like, now you're part of the solution because Mm. education and awareness is is a huge part of ending this. You know, and so then it's it's, it's, it's to inspire people to get engaged, break down the myths and misconceptions, and then it's also to give other foster parents, or social workers, or gosh, police officers, or nurses, or doctors, forensic analysts, people who are really in the trenches of foster care, who are dealing with the hard ends and the hard outs, and you know, who want to quit because it is so heartbreaking. It's just it's a heartbreaking cycle, and and the things that you learn, like our country has, you think the pandemic is bad. I am so concerned about what's going to happen when COVID finally passes, because in schools you have mandated reporters. So a lot of times when a child is rescued out of severe child abuse to the point where they really are on death's door, like I said, Mm. five to eight children die in the United States every day due to child abuse and neglect, a lot of times the teacher who saves their life because they're the ones that call child protective services and say like, Hey, you know, Gabriel Fernandez, who died, right? Like he has scars all over him. He's showing up with black eyes and like, you know, cigarette burns all over his body. Like Mm. this is not an accident. Like this is not, this is willful child abuse. You've got to do something. You know, if. I'm worried about the children that are going to come out of this pandemic dead because they've been locked at home with their abusers. So it's a way wow. to give people who are already in the trenches of foster care the ability to cope and, and keep going, especially during the pandemic when we're not allowed to meet in like support groups. It's a way yeah. for people to connect and be like, Wow. I, I can relate to that. And then also, you know, it's for any parent, like foster parenting is, is in a lot of ways, not different than other parenting. It's just that we're dealing with a lot of kids who maybe have, you know, significant trauma and need more, yeah. but you can all laugh at like, you know, what does it look like when I like, I asked my foster parents, like, give me some of your parenting tips. You know, there was a mom who said she likes to do time in instead of time out. And I was like, well, what the heck is a time in? She said a time in is instead of isolating the child and giving them a time out where they feel like they're outside of the family which can cause secondary trauma to them Mm. she does a time in which means that the child is with her then the next hour like well you're going to cook dinner with me now because
2: Uh. um, you
1: might want to go play with that Tonka truck right but instead of playing with the toy that you just fought over now you're going to have to make dinner with me so it's like a punishment but it's not a punishment because that child feels included that child feels loved that child is learning a new skill but at the same time he or she is not going to be playing with the other kids in the house, like, you know, whatever toy they yeah. were interested in. So I'm, wow. I'm constantly learning like parenting tips. It's kind of a podcast for everybody, but it's been, <laughs> it's like church for me in 2020. Like I just love interviewing people and, you know, it's been incredible.
0: Yeah, I can tell, uh, I, I should say how, not only how passionate you are about that, but really all of these things that we've been talking about, your passion is, is you know, Christmas when you were talking about Operation Christmas is canceled. In fact, I, I kind of got the feeling that, that we might be in, in your favorite time of year. We're going to discuss in a couple minutes, the holiday single <laughs> that I've mentioned that you released late last month But there's also a Christmas EP You've put out a few years ago Plus with your acting work When people look at your IMDb They'll see that you've been in multiple Christmas movies Am I right? Do you, do you really tend to gravitate <laughs> yeah. towards Christmas projects? And if so, where does that come from?
1: Of course. Uh, well, my family, you know, like I think most American families are hopefully families all over the world. We're real well big fans of Christmas. Um, my mom always had 150 transi- traditions, and <laughs> um, I've always loved Christmas. You know, I've always loved giving back. I-, I always think that it's it's a time of year where people do think of other people. You know, and and it is like the old adage, it's better to give than receive. You know, Yes. yes, we love receiving. But like Christmas is just a time where I feel like people are more aware and more open in their hearts and minds and eyes of seeing what's really going on in the world. And they're more inclined to give back. So I do love the holiday spirit of it. I love Christmas lights. I love the cookies. I love the movies. I think it's the only time of year I ever get to unwind and unplug because I know there's not going to be a movie that films from like December 20th to basically January 4th. Mm. Like you're scot-free. You're not working. And so it's the only time that I can kind of wrap up and turn everything off. Like, after today, today is, like, my last to-do of all the things. And then I turn everything off until January 4th, and I'm so excited. Like, I told people, if you text me Merry Christmas, don't be offended. I'm not texting you back. I'm not turning on my phone. I'm going to focus on my children. So more of that, I think, comes from, like, you know, my family. But, yeah, I'm a big fan of Christmas.
0: Yeah, and, of course, you know, for those who listen to the show, just because you enjoy music, you enjoy music interviews, keep in mind you're seeing Jen – in a Christmas movie or you're hearing her Christmas music. It doesn't mean that it was recorded last week. So, you know, this is a a time that she described when it's like, well, now I can just sit back and see the fruits of my labor and not have to work. So it's great that you get to, enjoy the Christmas holidays like that. Listeners, I was watching the Las Vegas Raiders play the Los Angeles Chargers on Thursday Night Football, which was taking place in the brand new stadium in Las Vegas. It's unfortunate that the city finally has an NFL team and they built that beautiful stadium but no one there has been able to go to a game due to precautions Taken to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Mm. Fortunately, there's lots more to do in that city, as you can read about when you sign up for the Access Vegas newsletter. Thanks to their editor, I just learned that they just ended a streak of 240 days with no rain. (laughs) Talk about a vacation where you won't have to worry about the weather. I also saw something saying that no, casinos are not shutting down out there. Plus, I even saw something about a winter ice skating rink set up at the Cosmopolitan. If you have any level of interest in traveling to Las Vegas at some point, go to my show website, nhte.net, and click on the Access Vegas logo to go sign up. For my listeners, they will give a $5 discount when you put in the code BRUCE during sign up. Remember that you also gain access to their private Facebook group and their 12 special reports. If you listen to Now Hear This Entertainment regularly, thank you, of course. And you know that I'm always talking about a lot of what I read in there and how informative it is, all the tips they give out. See what you've been missing and get it delivered to your email inbox. Again, from my show website, nhte.net. Click on the Access Vegas logo and during sign up put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off. Jen, we are close to wrapping up and I will be playing the newest single that you have released, which is your spin on the popular Christmas song, Baby, It's Cold Outside. And by the way, (laughs) listeners, you will hear a familiar voice on the song as Jen worked with Brian Lanning, who was the guest on episode 334 of my show back in July. But Jen, tell the audience all about what they're about to hear because this is a rendition written (laughs) specifically for 2020. So how did this come together?
1: (laughs) Um, so my very first uh song I ever recorded um was Baby It's Cold Outside in twenty fifteen, which I did as just like a fun bucket list item with my T V husband on Days of Our Lives, uh. Ah. As so we did that for fun and I've always loved it and people kinda know me for it. And then when I was on set filming USS Christmas from uh for Hallmark, um you know, I'm, everyone's really happy to be back at work, you know, we're all doing, like, a new normal whatever that looks like for you and whatever work you do, but it's it's really hard to sell movies. Um, I'm not complaining, but it, it's cumbersome because it's, like, you've got the masks and you've got shields, and then everyone except for the actors also have to wear, like, hospital skirts and not even wow. working. Wow. And so it's just, like, you know, when the hair and makeup people are trying to do your makeup and hair and they can't see out of the shield <laughs> and everybody's sweaty and it's, like, there's no snack on set, there's no anything because of covid everything has to be like you have to get it yourself you have to get like Mm. deep dive nasal swabs three to four times a week i mean there's a lot to complain about and so um we're all trying to just have like fun and you know be like hey at the end of the day we're making a movie we're having fun we're happy to be back at work but everybody was kind of just miserable because we're making that movie it was like literally over 100 degrees 99 percent humidity wearing wool coats you know all of it and it was just like (laughs) dying and so i was joking with my director steven Monroe and i said you know and said, I really can't stay. You know, but baby, it's cold outside. Stay six feet away. You know, I was like <laughs> doing the COVID edition. He was like, you have to record that. And I was like, you don't think it's too offensive because I don't want to like offend people. That's the last thing I want to do. You yeah. know, I do think it's a pandemic. It's very serious. I re- you know, Brian Lanning and I both recognize like, gosh, it's been awful, you know? And I think everyone at this point knows someone who died and it's so sad, but at the same time, you know, we've got to get through life together. And I think that, you know, it really does suck that, like, Christmas is kind of canceled for most of us. You know, like, we're not seeing our families. And it's yeah. like, we all just need, like, a good laugh. And so we, I found a way to kind of adjust the lyrics in a way that everybody thought was fun and funny. And even, like, on the, you know, if the original lyric is, if you got pneumonia and died, right? And so we were like, if you got corona. And, and I was like, I can't <laughs> even say that. So I decided to go if you got corona and and then i go oh don't even say it which is in character for me like don't even say that out of your mouth you shut your mouth we're not going to speak negative and so it's like we found a way to make it kind of joyful and fun and in a way that people can all relate and then 100 percent of the proceeds from that um which is like not even profit like proceeds everything except for like whatever commission itunes takes because i have no control over that yeah. we'll go toward buying gifts for homeless children mm. in my hometown of Roanoke, virginia so Beautiful. it's just a great cause, and it's kind of like, hey, for, you can listen to it on Spotify, but at the same time, if you download it for 99 cents, you know... I guess like 90 cents of that is going toward buying a kid a quality gift so
0: it's well, awesome I wonder about the recording of Baby It's Called Outside typically we know that the recording process is multiple sessions with laying down vocals instruments, maybe some extra production elements but as it relates to the vocals oh, yeah. because of the give and take on that particular song were you and Brian together in the studio recording those vocals or, or was that actually put together from different sessions?
1: No, totally put together from different sessions Wow um, I recorded mine like 30 minutes with Rob Christie, may have been even 20 minutes my session. Uh, I went to Republic Records studio where uh, Rob Christie, our music producer, is like the manager there. And I worked with Rob on my first Christmas album. And so I was just like, we we didn't even know Brian was going to be involved at first. I was like, just sign me a guy to do the duet Uh, and I got to go to Canada and shoot my movie. So I was in Canada when we got Brian involved. um, And I just like FaceTimed him and we kind of talked about the lyrics and kind of talked about what we were looking for with it being kind of like sing-songy versus like, you know, I mean, I can sing for real too, but at the same time, it's like, you really want to punch the jokes. You want yeah, to make it more yeah. of like a back and forth conversation. And then the music we had already recorded, because it was my backtrack track for, uh, you know, Baby It's Called Outside 2015, okay. and then we just got Mindy Hebert, who's like
2: yeah. you know, one of the, she's yeah. like the number one
1: jazz saxophone artist yeah. uh, of all time. She's, she, she donated her time, because she was like, oh, it's for charity, that's fine. So Mindy um, came on, and we just added Mindy into the original mix, which had mm. Chuck Berghofer and Greg Field, um, were our musicians who played for uh, Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra. They used to tour with them. So, oh world class musicians, super fun, all for charity, love it.
0: But was it difficult in the sense of would it have been easier if you and Brian were there to, to do the recording together?
1: For sure, of course. Yeah, definitely, of course. So I don't know that I could have gotten through it without laughing at a single <laughs> line if I was, like, looking at somebody. <laughs> but, yeah, it would have been much more fun to do it in person, as is anything in 2020, right? It's like we yeah. all just want to squeeze our loved ones and, yeah, you know, see our friends and hug people. And it's weird. Like, even when I do these movies, you know, recently I just shot a movie, and it was like I'm meeting someone in the movie, right, for the first time. And I had to ask the director. I was like, are we shaking hands? Like, how, what are we doing now? Like, oh what's the new are we like is this weird or is everybody getting ptsd like if (sighs) i shake her hand is everybody going to be cringing on their couch you know what i mean it's weird it's weird so it was like Mm. it was again like making lemonade out of lemons (laughs) and brian was incredible
0: no doubt no doubt and listeners i will put a link to my interview with brian lanning on the show page for this episode so that you can also go and listen to when he was on now hear this entertainment jen congratulations on the new album god bless you for all the great work that you're doing and a very merry christmas to you and your family thanks so much for being on now hear this entertainment
1: thank you absolutely,
0: absolutely. thank you
1: so much for having me
0: my pleasure and Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to actress, singer, producer, and advocate Jen Lilly. Do visit her official website at jenlilymusic.com, and then from there, find links to engage with her on social media. So that means like her Facebook page, follow her on Twitter and Instagram. I did all three of those things myself this morning, so please do the same. Subscribe to Jen's official YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell her you heard her and her music, I now hear this entertainment. Her new album is called Hindsight and is available on all kinds of digital platforms, Apple Music, iTunes, Pandora, Deezer, yes, Spotify too, where you can follow her. But again, the better way to support Jen, especially since 100% of the profits go to charity, is to purchase downloads of her music. Her album is even available from her website where you can also buy merchandise. And don't forget about her podcast as well that you heard her talk about that's going to do it for episode 359. I really appreciate everyone who listens to the show every week. We'll wrap up this episode with another song from Jen Lilly. I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas as we go out with the one that you just heard her talk about, along with Brian Lanning. This is her 2020 rendition of Baby, It's Cold Outside.
3: Oh, 2020. Can't stay, but baby, it's cold outside. Stay six feet away, but baby, it's cold outside this year has been was hoping that you so drop it very long i'd hold your hand but it feels so my wrong. mother will start to worry my hurry? father will be pacing the floor listen to the fireplace so flow. really i'd better scurry beautiful please don't well worry. maybe just a half a drink more put some liceo oh, on my labors might think Baby, it's bad out there I'm not distancing No Ubers allowed out there I wish I knew how Your yeah, eyes are like starlight to break now. Spell. I'll take your mask, your smile looks I swell I ought to say no, 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 Mind sir. if I'm moving closer. At least I'm gonna say that we tried What's the sense of mm-hmm. my pride? I really can't stay Baby, don't hold out uh, Baby, but it's, it's cold, cold outside, outside. Baby it's cold outside. The answer is no. Baby, it's cold outside. You're welcome, husband. How lucky that you dropped me. Look out the window. At those my jerks. sister will be suspicious. Gosh, your lips look my brother takes my temp at the door. Thermometers don't help anymore. My maiden aunt's mind is vicious. What is your maiden aunt anyway? I don't know. Maybe we'll just bend your show more. Have you seen Downtown before? I've gotta get home. Oh baby, you freeze out there. Say, lend me a phone. It's up to your knees out there. You've really been great. When you touch my head, don't you see? how can you quarantine from There's me? i bound to be talked to. Think of my lifelong At sorrow. At least there will be plenty in the cloud. If you got corona in, no, don't even say it. Get over that old doubt. Maybe oh, it's, it's
2: cold. Maybe it's cold outside.
3: Oh, you still look good in a mask.